0: Hey, welcome to Qbytes, your bite-sized pieces of quantum computing. My name is Renee from Valor and Reply, and today we're going to talk about the quantum intermediate representation, QIR. And for this, I'm honored to have a special expert guest today, Cassandra Grenade. Hi, Cassandra, and welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming back to for recording another episode. So this is very much appreciated. Uh, But for the folks that might have missed your previous episodes, where have you been a guest? uh, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and your background as it relates to quantum computing, computer science, you know, all the related things?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no. So I, I did an undergraduate in physics, yes, mathematics. Couldn't really make up my mind. Heard about this new exciting quantum computing thing. Uh, went on from there to do a PhD uh, and then joined Microsoft uh, working on the quantum team a little under five years ago now and have been working on QSharp and the quantum development kit since and uh, really happy with all the amazing things we're able to do there. Uh, and I see you have a copy of <laughs> the book that uh, recently put out uh, available from Manning Publications on learning quantum computing with Python and Q-Sharp.
0: Exactly. This is the book, folks. Um, if you did not get a copy, get a copy. Um, it's with Alexandra and as well as Sarah Kaiser, the authors of the book. And it's really nice because it's uh, written in such an approachable manner, right? And so you don't need to have a PhD in physics. And so that's me, for example. I'm, I'm a computer scientist, right? So like this is perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Cassandra, for the introduction. And um, we, in the previous episode, like, like I said, uh, we actually talked about your work on the, um, the Azure Quantum Team or the, the Quantum Development Kit and so on, especially on a noisy quantum systems, right? And, and th- that it's so important that we're also able to, well, simulate good noise, right? Noise that is realistic to what an actual quantum computer would produce. Um is there any news since we talked last time uh, regarding regarding that, of course the noisy quantum system, but also the broader level, um, you know, the the QDK and Q Shop and, and maybe you can actually just again for being inclusive here, for making sure everyone's on the same page, just explain us a little bit all about it.
1: Absolutely. So let me take that last piece first then. Um uh, because yes. you know, I, I think you uh really touched on something really important there. Which is, if I go and run a quantum program on hardware today, noise is a part of reality. I have to understand the impact that noise has on how I run those programs and what outputs I get from them. And, I, you know, if I look at what's happened over the past few years, and especially over the past few months, that noise has gotten impressively good, you know, the lower, and lower levels of noise. We see new and exciting announcements about that. Um, but it's still where we're at today and so being able to simulate the impact of the no- that noise has on quantum programs that we run that's really an important part of that kind of quantum development workflow to be able to understand here's how that will impact what answers i get out how i can go use them as part of a broader application uh, that uses quantum uh quantum computing um You know, so to that extent, as you say, we, you know, talked about on the last episode that I joined about the uh, open system simulator that's, you know, or noisy simulator um, that was released as part of the quantum development kit uh, recently. And, you know, I think it's been really exciting to see the feedback about that, to hear how that's really enabling people to do new and interesting things and, um really address that kind of workflow. Um, I think there's also some really other kind of exciting things in terms of community that have happened around that as well. Uh, you know, one that surprised me a little bit, but it has been really neat to see. We chose to implement that simulator in Rust. Really? And, you know, that's turned out to be a really neat choice for us and something that we've gone on and, you know, developed other components in Rust and things like that as well. And I think there's, you know, it's that's something that has been really neat to see, kind of people engage with that and
0: respond to, and mm-hmm. kind of watching the growth of that community as well. So let's talk about uh, QShop, which is another interesting language, because uh, developers can actually write and implement quantum logic in QShop um, directly, and this will also be. Like in QShop, you can also leverage an SDK called the QDK, the Quantum Development Kit, right? And so this can run on simulators, but this, of course, in the end, you want to run it on real hardware, on real quantum computers. And every quantum computer is, of course, a little bit different. And even from the same vendor, it might have the kind of different instruction sets, right? If it's a new updated model or so, um, there's constant changes because we're in this rapid growing kind of field at the moment. And so there is definitely a need for having this kind of more stable intermediate layer, um, where you can basically translate your high-level language like you Python, Rust, whatever, and then uh, put this into um, an intermediate representation, which is then you know uh, basically more generic. But anyhow, let's let's talk about this kind of QIR, the quantum intermediate representation. Um, is it similar to a .NET? You know, for all the .NET developers that know dot net and the c i l the uh, the common intermediate language which is also a similar kind of model so is the the quantum intermediate representation in q i r is it similar is it comparable or did i just tell bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i no i mean i think that's a good
1: comparison to make um, i think you know um what i'd really highlight there is the q i r the quantum intermediate representation is Um, it's similar to .NET IL, but it's based on LLVM IR. Um, And so really kind of comes out of that history fairly strongly. And there, you know, if I kind of look at some of the history of classical compilers, I might have a high-level language, and then I might write some optimization passes for it. But then if somebody thinks of a new pass or they think of a new way that they want to generate code or target some other device with, Mm -hmm. then I have to now go back and kind of in couple that all the way up through the high level language. But where LLVM has really changed that landscape classically has been if I have a new high level language or if I have a new optimization pass or a new kind of device, you know, or even not a device at all, something like we see LLVM output targeting WebAssembly or things like that, which are, you know, fairly outside of kind of the execution model of where high level a lot of high level languages kind of started
0: right
1: um you know so IR really supports that by allowing communication between different parts of the stack even when they weren't necessarily explicitly designed with each other in mind and it's you know that kind of decoupling and modularity that really enables that interoperability and i think those are the lessons we've really tried to learn in the quantum community more generally and why i'm really excited to see the QIR alliance take off and some of the amazing things that they've been able to do um you know i i absolutely agree with what you're saying about you know there are some of those challenges of there isn't exactly a single instruction set like even something like x86 or arm where we know that's going to be pretty much the instruction set moving forward but it's even more than that like capabilities like having classical control flow and intermediate measurements and things like that. We need a way to be able to represent those in an interoperable way. And that's where we get into needing, you know, we could try and do a lot of that. Um, Or we could go look at the history of how that's done in classical computing. And I think it's really that latter approach that we see taken by the QIR Alliance with uh, quantum intermediate representation and reusing a lot of the infrastructure offered by LLVM.
0: Gotcha. So, so the uh, the good part it's basically also well, well. This is not only the good part, but what I'm trying to say is basically <laughs> since it's part, uh, based on LLVM, it's also part of an open source kind of framework, right? So this is this is actually really nice. And y- you mentioned like already the QIR Alliance, right? So this is. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it actually? Tell us a little bit about it, and, and what, what is the goal actually of the, the QIR Alliance? Um, what are they trying to achieve here? With, of course, like we we understood, like uh, you know, we need this kind of intermediate representation, and so is the QIR Alliance trying to um, kind of um, lobby for it with with multiple vendors, or what? What is the QIR Alliance actually going to do? Uh- so first and foremost i definitely recommend
1: checking out the website uh qir-alliance.org um you know that will take you to kind of an outline and more detail um as well as some of the ongoing open source projects at qir alliance but i think what i'd really you know highlight here is it's a joint effort it you know that an intermediate representation that's supported by you know one tool or one product or one service isn't, ex- you know, that that's not going to get us to where we need to that full, uh, fully interoperable role that, you know, we just talked about. Um, you know, so it's, it, it's really, I think, neat to see efforts, um, it, see the joint effort out of the QIR Alliance, including Microsoft, including uh, uh, different hardware vendors, um, QCI, Quantenuum, mm-hmm. um, and, Getty and uh, you and know, research groups, uh, Oak Ridge National Labs. You know, so we see a lot of really kind of joint investment and effort there in getting us to that fully interoperable world. Um, that's really necessary to deliver on, I think, really a lot of the exciting potential of uh, quantum computing.
0: Gotcha. And so the, the QIR alliance is, uh, is this kind of joint effort to develop this uh, forward-looking quantum intermediate representation uh, with, a, with a bunch of um, partners. And uh, you mentioned Rust before, so I guess also Rust is, is part of that somehow? Well, yeah. So I mean,
1: one of the projects out of the QIR alliance that I, I, I'm personally really excited to see is uh, PyQIR. Um, so that's a Python package or rather set of Python packages for loading and parsing QIR in your Python project, uh, for working, uh, emitting QIR from your Python project, mm-hmm. um, and start, it, you know, to try and help bridge from kind of, you know, it's there's a lot of investment and in infrastructure in the Python ecosystem, and that's part of why we chose to highlight Python in our book, you know, it's why there's Python interoperability uh, as part of the quantum development kit. And it's why we see a lot of other tools written in Python. You know, so being able to reach out to that is really important. And the PyQIR packages um, really make it possible to work with at least some parts of QIR um, and in some ways from where that ecosystem is. Gotcha. Where that, you know, where why I mentioned Rust in that is trying to work directly with LVM from Python is kind of a pain. Um, you know, that it's, it's, um, but on the other hand, there's this really, really neat project called Py03 that is a Rust library to help you write Python libraries in Rust. And that's, it. that's what the QIR Alliance used to go write PyQIR. And You can go check out the GitHub repository for it and see how really that's been an incredibly useful tool for making QIR available to the Python world using Rust. I mean, as a user of that package, you may not know or, you know, it's not something you immediately need to care about that it's written in Rust, but kind of underneath that sort of API. If you go, you know, look into the repository, it's it, that's one of the things that really has enabled that, and I think it comes full circle in that that's you know Rust is itself built on LLVM, mm-hmm. you know, so it's one of those that allows for this kind of surprising retargeting, and I think it's really kind of part of that story as well.
0: Nice, and uh, actually, actually, you know, this is how. Now you truly engineer things, right? You use the right tools for the right job. And basically, hey, why not use it if it makes your life easier and you, you get a, a more cleaner and uh, nicer maintainable code base and whatnot, right? There's a lot of lot of benefits here. Building, uh, building on top of existing stuff, right? I mean, this is the right way to go. So totally makes sense. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah, no, thank you for the question. Well, we're already at the end of the show here. We could talk for much more hours (laughs) about the QIR and uh, the QIR Alliance and all the amazing stuff with all the different programming languages. And you you definitely notice, I think, like this is the beginnings. We're still in the beginning of, like, you know, broad adoption of of quantum computing. So uh, thank you so much, Cassandra, for being here with us again and and sharing your insights. Uh, That is very much appreciated.
1: Absolutely, and thank you for having me. Uh, It's really great to have now the opportunity to talk with you and share some of the exciting things that have been happening.
0: Awesome. Well, and thanks, everyone, for joining us for yet another episode of Qbytes, your bite-sized piece of quantum computing. Watch our blog, you know, follow our social media channels everywhere, basically, where you can hear about all the upcoming episodes. And of course, on our websites, you can find all the previous episodes from season one till season five now. And this also includes Cassandra and a few other uh, of her colleagues from the Q- QDK team, like Bettina and a few other folks. Of course, I'm, I'm not mentioning all of them because uh, you've got to watch these episodes to learn all of them. <laughs> Uh, Well, thanks, uh, everyone. Take care, uh, stay safe, and see you soon. Bye-bye!